You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now please, get off this planet. Well, you still have a choice. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. Yes, folks, the summer doldrums are already among us, and we've got so much time still ahead of us before new Doctor Who comes. So we got some great things to talk about, though, and we're keeping our spirits up. And we thought it'd be kind of fun to get into another Doctor Who discussion like we did a few weeks back. And it's always nice when we have some great crew members to join us in our discussions. Let's welcome our guests first. Let's welcome back to the show, Alan Seiler. How's it going? Good, sir. Great to have you here. Absolutely wonderful to be here. I always enjoy it. Well, it's, you know, it's always nice when you're here, like not in official capacity type thing and, you know, promoting <laughs> and stuff like that. Cause it's more, I hate to say it, you let your hair down and relax and everything. Huh. I was not aware of that being the case. Well, you know, I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> it is, especially with you, like putting your, laying your hair out and everything like that. So uh huh. It's even yeah. better. And we also have a fellow podcaster from the ESO Network, from the Watchathon of Rassilon. It's Joseph Heath. Welcome, sir. Hello. Yeah, we tried getting your other half on, too. And, you know, she's off doing her skating thing. Yeah, she's she's a roller derby person. So she's got to get her training in. But it's good to have you here, too. So it's Thank you. It's always good. So... Of course, let's thank uh, everybody at home for being here, joining us, and let's welcome our regulars onto the show. Let's first welcome Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It is great to be here. It's always good to have you, Mary. And of course, Mr. Howdy himself, Mike Gordon. Howdy. How's everything going, sir? Fine, fine. You know, all this talk about letting your hair down. Uh, Just be careful, because I let my hair down once and it didn't come back. (laughs) <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. That explains so much. <laughs> yeah, it does. But let's not get into that tonight. So tonight's discussion, folks, we're going to be talking all about, we are going to look at, you know, does Doctor Who really need monsters in their stories? You know, a lot of people, you know, there's doctors out there who even are known as the monster doctors. So. It's just interesting. Some stories, you know, there's true historical ones, especially in the early years of Doctor Who. But later, as they did maybe some more historicals, they had to throw a monster in or a time villain or something like that just to make it more science fiction-y. You know, it'll get into that discussion, and we won't go that into it yet. So, But I think it's going to be real interesting to talk about. 
Of course, we want to hear from feedback from you guys at home. Please write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com. Yes, I promised last time that we're going to have a new email address coming soon. I promise. Just have to find two seconds to breathe. You know, silly thing like that. But we definitely want to hear from you guys. So eswpodcast at gmail.com for right now. And of course, call us if you want at 404-963-9057. All right, we do got some Doctor Who news to talk about. Uh, first of all, our friends over at BBC, they are, for especially us North America fans, are re-releasing via the BBC shop on June 25th some of the episodes that have been missing from Doctor Who, you know, are out of print, and you have to pay a ton of money to find a copy of it, either on Amazon or on eBay or such. Uh, there's the Time Meddlers, the Crotons, the Three Doctors Special Edition, Planet of Spiders, and the Sunmakers. There's a couple that I don't have. I think the Time Meddler especially. So it's going to be fun ordering that and looking forward to doing that. It's kind of neat that they're doing that. Uh, from what I hear, it's going to be on-demand printing on of the DVDs. They're not doing it in mass. So it should be interesting to I know, Mikey, you have BritBox. Do you think that's uh, all these are up there already, or is this stuff that they don't even have? I don't know. I'd have to look. Um, you know, I was really shocked, as I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago, that uh, they didn't have uh, Moonbase on BritBox available. So, um, and I don't know if that's one that's been out of print. Uh, but actually, uh, the DVD, getting the DVD from Amazon was pretty easy. So, um and I, it didn't cost a lot. So usually the out-of-print ones are the ones that are like, you go to Amazon and it's like $400. And you're like, uh, no. Well, Moonbase is one of the incomplete ones, right? So BritBox doesn't have any of the incomplete ones. Yes, they do. They do have ones with animation. Uh, in oh, fact, they have, they have the, the story, uh, the first uh, Second Doctor story. Um, oh, available. yeah, but that was, a, that was a new release, though. Power of the Daleks? Yeah, I think, yes, they do. But so, Moonbase what was <laughs> Moonbase wasn't ever animated though, was it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Episode one and three were animated, and two and four were the only oh, okay. ones that were available. Okay. Trust us, yeah, we had so, to sit through it last time, so we know. Uh, okay. <laughs> but but I haven't checked to see if um, you know the terror um, uh, is is available because maybe. Maybe it has something to do with the licensing of some of the animated companies that they worked with. I don't know. But in any case, I haven't been able to figure out a rhyme or reason for what's, what's available and what's not available on BritBox. So, so uh, whereas I was really hoping to use it to just, you know, it would take care of all my classic who needs. It just, it, sometimes it fails me. Oh, yeah. When, especially when you need it for an episode that we're doing or something. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Isn't that always the case? But it should be a lot of fun to catch up on some of these. I'm really looking forward. I've never seen the Time Meddler, so I'm looking forward to seeing the Monk. Oh, wow. You're in for a treat on that one. I wish they would put, like, you know, I think they're on to something with the, even though they're releasing the, the the whole way that they release stuff is just bizarre. Um, and And I think a lot of people, like in this day and age, people want, like, complete seasons. They want to binge. They want to, they want everything that you can get. And so, it's really like these one-off DVD releases of these stories to me seem like that's kind of old hat. Like, like the, the, I thought they were really starting to get it when they started releasing, 
the fourth doctor, the first season, of course, then they skipped right ahead to the last season. Uh, and then the first season of, I think the fifth doctor that they've, and, and I think they've got uh, a season of the third doctor. Right? Yeah. Season 10 is in the works. They've really yeah. cover art so, for that. I, I think that's what a lot of, you know, fans. And I think a lot of people would want is just these, like, you know, put everything in that you can into one season uh, in one box set. So you can just buy it and you don't have to worry about, you know, getting a bunch of DVDs and, and having a huge shelf space, you know, a need for that and all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if they bought, if they had, you know, if they just said, here's the second doctor, you know, like everything that the because you really, you know, you could do one box set with the first doctor, one box set with the second doctor and you pretty much be covered and you'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. that's, I, I would, I would buy that in a heartbeat. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, if you think about it, though, almost like something like War Games alone would be one disc there because that's 10 episodes. So, you know, it, w- it would be interesting to see them do it. I would love them to go through and try to, you know, restore a lot of the older ones into more of like for Blu-ray and such and tighten them up, maybe restore the black and white and the sound. Because some of the sound was really bad, especially in <laughs> something like the Underwater Menace and such. It was really tough sometimes to understand what was going on. Underwater. Yeah, it was really bad in Underwater Menace, because especially in the places where you could hear what was going on. <laughs> True. Good point. <laughs> when you can Very hear that point. dialogue, you know something's bad. <laughs> well, isn't that usually just a dialogue with uh, Ben and Polly? <laughs> Poor Ben and Polly. We've been ragging on him for some, <laughs> the last three I, I would not. I would not sign up for the Ben and Polly. Box, so. <laughs> yeah. So that seems what they're wanting to do because that's what all the animations have been lately. I mean, they just did the Macro Terror, and now yeah. they're going to be doing the Faceless ones, which, yeah. to be fair, Ben and Polly are kind of in it. Yeah, barely. But, yeah. But, I mean, as long as they've got the, the digital models... You know, it's easier to do one that has those characters than one that has like, so, you know, they haven't done any first doctor ones yet, but they would have to start completely from scratch to do those because they don't have any character models for any of those. Just, just use Troughton. (laughs) Yeah. Just animate the first doctor ones with Troughton. Just (laughs) Hartnell's voice, Troughton's body. No well, one will there, notice. <laughs> there, there are first Doctor stories that have animation, but I guess it's with a different company. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the current crew that are doing yeah, these gotcha. ones haven't done any Hartnells yet. Yeah, I got you. Well, also, wasn't there, they could do like they did with the uh, old, uh, like, TV, was it TV comic, where they would reuse First Doctor comics, but they just, like, paste, like, Pertwee's face over it and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so wow. faceless ones. <laughs> yeah, tell us about the faceless ones coming. The out. the teaser trailer came out uh just today and it was really kind of exciting because I don't think there had been any word up till then that faceless ones or even what the next um uh, what the next animated project would be. So faceless ones is kind of exciting because it's an early Jamie one. You know, they talked about not ever at least not anytime soon doing Jamie's first story, The Highlanders, because there's a huge cast. So there's a lot of characters they would have to animate. And all the characters wear 
tartan patterns, and that's really hard to animate. So uh, Faceless Ones is the earliest, I guess, the earliest Jamie one that we'll have. Is that the one right well, after that's, Highlanders? That's the one, yeah, where Polly, uh, Ben and Polly leave. Jamie is there at that point, and they almost add another companion, Samantha, who um, the actress decided she didn't want to stick around, so they didn't have her after all. Okay, because we've gotten other Jamie ones already. You know, the Market Terror and also yeah, the Moonbase have Jamie in it also. That's true. So we, and I'm not trying to contradict or anything. No, no, no. Well, you, I mean, that's right. I was forgetting about that. Yeah. I, I, uh, so again, I, I tried to forget those too. So it's okay. No, why? Because <laughs> underwater, underwater Menace, you know, has them also. And that was just bad. That was really, really bad. Yeah. It is one of the not great ones. Oh, I love the Underwater Menace. Am I alone in this? <laughs> no, I, I actually, I have a, I like it a lot. It's got that goofy sense of humor about it that I love. So yeah, I love I love Troughton in it. Like Troughton's performance in that one, I, I'd rather watch that than his performance in Moonbase. Yeah, the what's like, great about uh, Troughton in that one is that he's like underplaying the humor because Zaroff is going so overboard that they nicely balance each other out because he's so calm and like, why do you want to end the world? Yeah, that's that's one like of my that. favorite character moments ever. Is when he's like, "Why do you want to blow up the earth?" <laughs> like, it's just so awesome. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> Faceless ones, I don't really remember much about. I know there's great metal beasties, and Ben and Polly are kind of there, and then that's about all I remember. And then and they're then, not kind of not. Yep. Yeah. So yes, that's cool. So awesome. Uh, when did they say Faceless One is coming out? I don't know. Was uh-huh. there? It's sometime, well, it just says 2020, so it doesn't say when exactly. Okay, but next year. Yeah. December okay. 2020. <laughs> exactly. And that, that'll be the UK, and so then the US will get in 2021 or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So. It's not like we want stuff like this, you know, or, you know, dying for it and hoping for it. You know. It's not like they can't take advantage of the fact that, like, there's no new who. So, like, people yeah. are hungry for this stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I really, like I said, I just don't understand their, their marketing and their, their plans for any of this stuff. Because it just seems like they're just wait, they're losing pounds. You know what I mean? It like, just seems like they're asking people to pirate it. I mean, I don't understand why there was a six or whatever month gap there was between the macro terror coming out in the UK and in the US. It just doesn't make any sense. No, not in this day and age. No. No, it's not like one's on sci fi and one's on BBC, you know, something like that, like (laughs) it used to be. (sighs) The good old days. Well, no, not the good old days. Nope, nope, nope. But. It's cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward. And once it comes out, we'll review it up here on Earth Station Who. So that is it for news right now. So let's take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment and for our main discussion. Did you know the ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. 
Don't fret, all your favorite shows will still be available for free as always, but now you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign up for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is click on the link on the top navigation of the ESO Network website or go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. All right, tonight's topic, does Doctor Who need a monster? And, you know, let's jump in with both feet. Uh, What we started talking about, what brought this up, was back when this last season even, with uh, the Demons of Punjab, when they did, you know, had to have monsters in it. I think they could have easily done that whole story without any kind of creature in it. And there's other episodes with you know with some of the storytelling they do doctor who writes so rich of a story that you know sometimes it almost feels like they have to throw a monster in as second thought you know like oh we have to have a dalek here or let's have an alien spaceship on top of this apartment you know or something like that Vincent and the doctor is the worst case for me yeah, yeah, we, we just talked about that because we just reviewed that one. And I think that's another reason why this came up as well, because we were like, man, it just seems like this this monster thing is shoehorned in. Yeah, it didn't need mm-hmm. to be there at all. It was a it was a beautiful story. <laughs> there wasn't any need for it. Just just the doctor meeting Vincent and and the way they interacted was enough. I mean, you know, it's OK to do a historical sometimes. Doctor Who really it is. Well, that's what my favorite first Doctor serial is the Myth Makers. So, you know, no monsters in that one. Well, exactly. Or what was it? You know, when they did, you know, just recently, you know, when they they've done different stories with Doctor Who, and the monsters are like almost like second thought, just to oh, this is a sci-fi right. show. Let's throw this well, in. Well, just shoehorned in. I mean, if you're going to have a monster, I love the monsters, don't get me wrong, but make them integral to the plot and have them do something. Don't get them to be there. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's something to, like, look, just because something's not done well doesn't mean that it shouldn't be done. You know, I mean, just because, you know, in, on some episodes it's like, oh, the monster part of it is kind of lame. That doesn't mean that, you know, they shouldn't up their game and like not have monsters at all and stuff. Um, I mean, I think, I don't know when, now, so you guys probably know this a lot better than I do, because I know that, you know, for the, the first doctor, certainly, and I think even the second doctor, like there, there wasn't this mandate that there had to be monsters or alien menaces in every story. No, not at all. Because uh, I think we've see, re- we've seen some stories where they didn't have anything like that. But then at some point, I don't know. Was it the third Doctor? Like I can't. I'm struggling to think of too many ep- too many stories after, like the third Doctor, um, that don't have like a, a monster as part of the story or a sci-fi element of some of some kind. It it really kind of started with the second Doctor. He he was the one that really became everyone was monstery especially in season five where they had ice warriors and cybermen and yeti (laughs) in pretty much every story 
but before that, you know, the Hartnell era was much heavier on historicals than pretty much any other time on the show. And the what they did basically was pure historicals. They didn't have to have an alien presence to make it a compelling story. Now that creeped into it, you know, because like when you get up to things like the Time Meddler, you know, there it's a historical setting, but it's not a pure historical. I think uh, the second um, doctor only you... has two pure historicals, right? Highlanders and uh, Highland... what is it? The pirates one. I forget the name of smugglers. The smugglers. The smugglers yeah. 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 <clears throat> but everything else is monsters. So, so Troughton is really where the monster show that, starts. And happen. yeah, I could see that. Cause because, yeah, we do. I mean, there are compelling dramas in the first Doctor era. Things like the Aztecs, I think, is very compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, even Reign of Terror, um, where the, oh, where the monsters are us. You know, <laughs> like so. Yeah. Um, and I think certainly it could be said that in a, a, you know, in cases like Vincent and the Doctor, as well as Rosa, like putting a, that sci-fi element just yeah. like really didn't work. Now. Does that mean it shouldn't have been there at all, or should or should it have been, been done better? Uh, that's a- well, it could have worked with the story if they had just interwoven it, uh, you know, and given the guy something to do because he he wasn't driving the plot. He wasn't. They weren't even really reacting with him. Yeah, and so exactly. Not really. It was more like he was he was setting up roadblocks to keep them from accomplishing their goal, but you didn't. It wasn't really terribly interactive Mm -hmm. it was just the the main cast saying oh gosh he's gone and changed the bus routes we've got to figure (laughs) something out which was nice but Mm -hmm. i mean it just doesn't it didn't seem like he was necessary other than the evil traffic controller basically (laughs) (laughs) well yeah he just he became a plot device not a character right and but but when we're talking about does doctor who need monsters i think that it always needs at least something monstrous you know and in the case of rosa the thing that was monstrous was prejudice so prejudice is the monster of that story and crasco was the personification of it to me though it was it just seemed very unlikely that he's from the 50th or 70 whatever century and he's still so prejudiced against black people that he has to go back in time to you know keep rosa from getting on it just didn't no. make any sense to me no i agree with that alan it completely the story just didn't do it and the character itself and how he tied into it was just it was just ridiculous it was like they almost tried making him a Captain Jack type character and it didn't work at all. And, and it could have, you know, because sort of the point of the episode is that we have to keep history on track, even though that means watching something completely horrendous take place. The hor- horrendous thing has to take place for everything else that comes after it for decades after it. So that, that guy is sort of like, He's the thing that is causing, you know, there had to be something, some impetus for that, for the basis Mm -hmm. of the story. It just, I don't know. He just wasn't very convincing to me. I'm willing to chalk that all up to Chibnall personally, but 
That being said, I do think Chibnall <laughs> did one of the best uh, episodes of Torchwood that doesn't have a monster in it. And that's the whole point. Ooh, Countryside. Yes. Countryside. God, yeah, it that's is. a good episode. It is. And once again, were the monsters in it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't always yeah. have to be some sort of sci-fi explanation. Sometimes it can just be people suck. So. Yeah. Right. Well, one of my favorite episodes of the Tenant era mm. is Midnight. Oh, without a and, doubt, that's a right. brilliant episode. It is, and it's 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 a psychological episode. Exactly. I mean, they're basically psyching each other out. Exactly, and it's fascinating to watch. Yeah, it also goes to show that not only does Doctor Who not always need monsters, it doesn't always need big, expensive, flashy special effects, because mm-hmm. most of that episode was done with just the characters holding flashlights. Mm-hmm. Yes. In a, in a one-room set. Yeah, it's very contained. Absolutely. And, it, and the, that claustrophobia really adds to it. Sometimes yeah. you just need Peter Capaldi yeah. in a castle. That's all you need. <laughs> well, that is very true. But sometimes all you ever need is Peter Capaldi. <laughs> also fair. <laughs> no, very much so. And that's kind of interesting. Because looking at it until you know fairly recently... For a true historical episode, they have to go all the way back to Highlanders. And mm. well, Black um, Orchid, yeah, Black Orchid, but Black Orchid that had a monster. No, not yeah. really. It was yeah, a it was a, a person. That's a person. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, yeah, it depends on what your definition who, of and, monster is, and, uh, and maybe that's where we should have started. <laughs> How do we define what a monster is? Because I, I would say that a human can yeah. still be a yeah. monster. Oh, oh God, yes. In my case, like, you've got, what, Nero? And <laughs> that's that that counts, too, I guess, as a monster. <laughs> I mean, you need, you need some sort of conflict. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it doesn't have to. I mean, it can be very in, intimate conflict, or it can be, like, big planets battling conflict. I'm not. I'm not saying that that you don't need that, but but I think sometimes I think it's it's not so much that whether Doctor Who has to have a monster to be Doctor Who, but whether the writers think that they need to shoehorn something into their stories in order for it to be called Doctor Who, and I, I don't think that's true. I think that's a constraint. They're I don't know if they're putting it on themselves or if the showrunners are telling them that. But I think, you know, we can we can get out of that box and still have good episodes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I th- you still need something monstrous or something sci-fi-ish, I think. Well, yeah. I mean, Because yes. otherwise you'll just be like CSI Miami or whatever. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, of, yes, of course, you have to have some sort of, you know, absurdist element or, yeah. you know, some something that, that – but but I'm saying, but I think maybe the argument is that it's not the monsters that make Doctor Who Doctor Who. I mean, they're a part of it. I think it's the sensibility. I think it's it's um, you know, it, Doctor Who is very absurdist and very. There's a lot of subtext in it. Um, and yes, it uses a lot of myth and allegory, and it, that's what makes it Doctor Who. You know, not not necessarily the the it doesn't have to be a person from another planet, you know, it doesn't, or another dimension or somebody in a rubber suit 
or it can be human as we as we've just talked about it can be be nothing seen like in midnight that's true but i will say that humans are far less fun than yeah. monsters and and i think i think also i mean it's easy to see why you know that it was from very early on i mean we look at a, like the the second doctor era as as really even though the hartnell era was the beginning the the it was the second doctor era that really set the template for a lot of stuff to come that they're still even doing now. And, and looking at it. Okay. So you got doctor who you could argue that doctor who might not even have made it like past the first season, if it wasn't for the Daleks. Right. Oh yeah. So of course. So, and and the Daleks like Dalek mania was going, was running wild brother. Um, and, (sighs) uh, it's, it, it, it's easy to see that. Mike, don't you know, do that again. Mind- Please don't do that again. Uh, okay, you just have to pay me. I'll give you my PayPal <laughs> account, and then we'll get that straight. Um, so um, I think, though, that uh, that with it's easy to see that the studio and the producers were like, okay, well, this obviously is a hit. Monsters are a hit, so let's get more of those, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, frequently people talk about what do you like about Doctor Who? Well, I liked watching it and then hiding behind the sofa as a kid, you know? So, like, if there's <laughs> if there's no monsters, <laughs> there's nothing to hide behind the sofa for. Um, uh, but, and that's, so it's easy to see why they would get into that mindset where we need some sort of sci-fi element, some sort of monster element, uh, even a, like a, a drop of horror to, to make it Doctor Who. Um, however, yeah. I would argue that the minute you start creating a template for what is a Doctor Who story, like mm. you, you've, you've set a limit that should not be there. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. That's what I was trying to say. Of course. To say. Yes. <laughs> you just said it a lot. You just said I'm it a lot better than I perfect. did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what's the biggest problem with Vincent, like we were talking about Vincent and the doctor, like that one, I don't think needed a monster human or otherwise. Like the, I mean, I guess the monster was depression, but (laughs) like, it doesn't have to be like some physical bad guy. It can be talking about something, you know, and it would still be a very compelling episode. It doctor who can do anything and it should, and it shouldn't feel obligated to do certain things because it is capable of doing everything. Or, or, or there, you know, if you're going to add a monster to something like that, then make them part of the story, not not something that feels like it's just tacked mm-hmm. on. You have to embed the monster within the story, and that's you know, in a lot of these episodes, that's especially this season, <laughs> that that just was not happening. They they were just sort of you know off to the side. Somewhere. Well, yeah, they were sort of presented at the beginning of the episode as a monster, and then halfway through the episode, you find out they are not the monster. Right, like in mm-hmm. like the uh, Thajarians in Punjab, they were they were certainly monstrous at the beginning, but then you learn we used to be monsters, but now we are good guys and we do nice things for people who are about to die, mm-hmm. and so you kind of have so they're kind of not necessarily shoehorned, but they kind of undermine themselves. They're presented as one thing and they turned out to be something completely different, which is fine. It's a nice trick to pull, but when you do it for half of the stories in your season, then it becomes like, 
okay, so there's an alien here. I'll bet you that alien is not going to be the bad guy. Right. I also think <laughs> you you, you kind of come to expect. I also think this season has had a real problem of separating the sort of sci-fi uh, plot from the, like, companion's doctor plot. Like, if they have any sort of arc things going on, it generally has nothing to do with the episode going on, especially like in the Dalek episode. I felt like we were, I was watching two different shows. Like you'd have the Dalek show and then you'd have like, um, you know, uh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Ryan. Ryan and yeah. Aaron. Ryan is like the dad, <laughs> the dad plot. Like and yeah. it's tied in at the end a little bit, but like it should have been thematically there. Like those two things should have been thematically tied together the whole episode and it just they were just separated because i don't feel like chibnall cares as much about one plot than the other so he's just writing them separately and not combining them like it should be Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. i I Hmm. do think i do think some (laughs) of the best stories are where there's a combination there's a balance right there's Mm -hmm. something that's happening maybe historical or even you know in the future that uh, is an engaging story in and of itself. And then you add, you know, a science fiction um, or monster element. I mean, it just as easily, instead of talking about monsters, we could be talking about time travel. Although certainly early on, you know, the time travel is just an excuse to get the doctor and his companion to one place mm-hmm. and then to have them leave. There, yeah. There's not really an element of time travel in a lot of the doctor who stories, especially in the classic era, like, you can only That's like, you can count with one hand, like really, like with one hand, like all the one. And then, you know, later with New Who, and certainly in the Moffat era, it becomes like a big thing where it's like it's almost in every episode. Yeah, no, very but true. Whether or not whether or not it's necessary, you know, that's why I'm like, you know, I, I like the fact that, you know, anytime you do something where it's it's going to be like, a, like if you're doing it a lot, then people are going to get tired of it. And and I think the beauty of Doctor Who is that you have this device that you can tell any kind of story that you want to. So why would you put any restrictions on? No, true enough. But, you know, it's like, I almost like the stories where they pull the rug out from under you. You think one, like the monster is the monster, like the demons episode. And it basically shows you, wait a minute, that's not the demon, the monsters. And everything. And yep. it's not, you, you can't take everything on face value. And that's some of the best stuff about it. Sure. But, but, you know, at least half of the most recent season, the quote unquote monster was ideological. It was a prejudice or a mindset or something. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, I just don't think you can pull that trick too many times in one season and it still have the impact that you want it to have. True. I'm just really worried because, like, I watched Elementary for a few seasons, and I loved the characters on that show. And like the, but like all of the character growth was relegated to certain scenes and never, never tied into like whatever the case of the week was, which was always. Oh, I'm sorry for cursing. Um, but like, gee, ah, now I've got to edit. Damn it. <laughs> but it's it's always a murder and like and it's always like I would start tuning out the like murder of the week story because it was always the same thing and never connected to anything else in the episode and then I tuned back in when the character stuff was happening 
And I don't want that to happen to Doctor Who, and I'm afraid it's going to. We're like, oh, there's alien mm-hmm. fight scenes happening. I don't care. And then tuning back in when, like, character stuff is happening. So, which the character stuff is this season has been kind of wobbly for me anyway, but it still is also separate, I feel like, from the, the episodes themselves. Well, this, I mean, that's one of the problems I had with, with Chibnall's writing from the beginning. I think he has trouble with, with the format, with the pacing. And so he doesn't get, he, he, he doesn't get things done in time. And so they tend to then become disconnected. And maybe there's an idea in his head where it all works together, but we don't see it Can on the screen. we just all say it in that Graham was the monster yeah. of the season? No. <laughs> no. no, absolutely not. I mean, I think Chibnall was the monster. Just... <laughs> oh, wow. All right, I I, I rephrase my. I agree. The old white guy. So, like, I think Graham's an interesting character, and that's because he's the only one people are writing for. That's my big issue. Well, yeah, he became the main mm. character. I mean, <laughs> but I think he does care more about like, like, I don't know. I feel like he has more of a handle on maybe like the sort of low stakes character or not low stakes, but like the character di- character dynamics and stuff Then he is more, he's more interested in that than like the monsters. But I know we're, we're arguing maybe we don't need monsters, but he does seem to put the monsters in as an afterthought. He's like, I don't know. And then Dr. Who stuff happens but he more prefers doing the like sort of smaller scenes with just, I think if you're going to, yeah, that's a good point too. If you're going to use monsters, then you need to respect and make the monsters something that people are going to, you know, remember. Well, I think you need to make the monster a character (laughs) and that's not, that's not happening. The monster is just there to, to explain the plot or, or to be a, a convenient plot device, but they they are not in, in, embedded within the story. We don't know anything about their backgrounds. We don't get to know them. You know, a monster is much more monstrous when when you know something about them, when you maybe even sympathize with them a little. That actually makes them more horrifying, not 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 less. You can't make them cardboard and make them interesting. No. And I. You know, that that to me is what's happening with the monsters. So I'm not arguing against monsters. I am arguing against monsters that don't make no, sense. No, I agree with story. that. But especially <laughs> like this last season, I wasn't scared by any of the monsters until the Dalek episode. They actually made the Dalek scary again. And and I didn't feel yeah. over the I'm not even saying it's Chibnall. I thought even over probably since I don't probably since Dalek, I haven't found the Dalek scary at all or, you know, like, Oh crap, what mm-hmm. a power, you know, type thing. This was the first time in a long, long time. I was like, these are a force to be reckoned with type thing. And that's what I want from my monsters. If they're going to be in a story, I want them to be, Oh crap type things. <laughs> but that's the way I felt about the Cybermen in in the Peter Capaldi story. Oh, exactly. Into the Cybermen. Yeah, those Cybermen yeah. were terrifying. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That was one of the most atmospheric episodes that 
the new series has ever Oh, yeah, done. very much so. And they redeemed mm-hmm. the master in that story, too. That's true. That's true. He wore a mask of his own face, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and used a silly accent, just like Anthony mm-hmm. Ainley used to do. Exactly. And it was just like, it felt like, oh, they brought him back to where he was during the third Doctor era. You know? Mm-hmm. And half the plots yeah, the Master did during that era didn't make a load of sense. And once again, this is what happened here. Well, it does seem like uh, there does seem to be a sort of rite of passage that if you are playing the doctor, you're not really the doctor unless you face the Daleks at least once. Right, right. It's a rite of passage kind of. You know, uh, I think they all have except for eight, right? And then I think maybe in Big Finish he probably has, right? Oh, he has numerous times. Yeah. Well, doesn't aren't there Daleks right at the beginning? Well, I guess actually, I guess it's not with eight at the beginning of the eighth. Maybe it's with seven. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> so so eight is the only one that didn't do it on screen. Uh, but uh, I'd also argue that the third Doctor never had a good Dalek serial. Well, that's a different oh, argument. That's a different, well, no. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, that's a whole different thing. I would definitely disagree with that because I think Day of the Daleks is oh, phenomenal. Hate it. Can't stand it. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God, we cannot I'm be sorry. friends anymore. Hey. <laughs> I had such respect for you. Joe. Gone, just like that. Gone. I tell you, Mike, these kind of discussions just tear friendships apart, man. <laughs> this is not the first friendship that has ended on this podcast. So, <laughs> you, you record. You, you thought we were safe uh, right. talking about monsters instead of you know the whole like gender thing like we did last time. But nope. <laughs> when it comes to Doctor Who no. fandom, there, there's, there's there's battle lines. Man. That's true. <laughs> um, that is true. Outside of the Daleks. Well, and we all can agree, even though that, yeah, it's kind of cool when a doctor faces them for the first time. Um, sometimes it's not always great. Um, and sometimes the, we can also say the Daleks are overused. Mm-hmm. Um, is there another monster, uh, another alien race or whatever that, uh, that you feel like the doctor should have to face at some point? Oh, the quarks. Um. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. This is deteriorating. Wow. I mean, you were. Yeah, you were on that. You were <laughs> quick with that one, yeah, weren't you? Quarks. Right up. Quarks, uh, Chumblies, and the original Fuzzy Chicken Nugget Yetis. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Maybe bring back the Zarbi and the. I would love to see that. I would love to see another. Another visit to the Monoptera planet, mm. to the web planet. Because I would love to see what can be done with that. I mean, that's a that's a serial that should never have been attempted on a 1964 BBC budget and time constraint. <laughs> and they were incredibly daring to do that. That's the nicest And I way think it's amazing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i would love to see some modern zarbi and monoptera that'd be amazing and what was the other one the optra that's that was the other one right 
the little grub dudes who talk <laughs> like this. No, it's interesting. <clears throat> I don't know, Mike, uh, with your question. You know, it's always been the Daleks. You know, I don't think. Yeah. And the, well, and the Cybermen. Secondary Cybermen. And, the, Cybermen. and I think we can count the Master in there, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Different iterations of the Master, sure. So, hmm, that's a good. That's, those seem, that seems to be the, the, the yeah, the, the three. three. Yeah. Um, I, I know what monster I would not want to come back. Oh, and that's boy. the 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 eye boogers. They can just that oh, epi- no. that episode can just not exist as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That episode had so yeah, much potential. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was supposed to have a sequel the following What's season. It? Yeah, I wonder why why that didn't that, happen. Yeah, I mean it was a planned thing. That's why it kind of ended on a cliffhanger like it did because they were going to revisit that the following season, but somehow for some reason that got I banned. wonder why. And he did the Ice Warrior episode instead. Hmm. Hmm. Ice Warriors could come no, back. I, I love the now. last Ice Warrior story yeah. they did. The Zygons. Zygons are always fun, but they have to be done right. Correct. Like they were in yeah. Capaldi. I think they were awesome. Yes. Um, I would say that um, I would love to see the Sea Devils. I'm not a big fan of the modern Silurians, but I wouldn't mind a good Sea Devil come back. And I really want to see another Santaran storyline, but where the Santarans aren't the the butt of the joke and the comic relief of the episode, like Strax. I want yeah, to see let's a make proper... them a threat again. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I thought yeah. the David yeah, Tennant two-parter, the Santaran two-parter, was mm-hmm. fantastic. And I want to see another one of those. Yeah, because uh, those those early, um, especially the fourth Doctor ones, uh, his first like season or two where he's faced off against the Centaurans are like, they're, they're, they're formidable there. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I could, I could, I could stand to see them again like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, Centaurans yeah, is exactly. bad guys. Definitely. Well, um, and this is an episode that uh, I just watched and Mike was on the Mike Gordon, I should specify was on the yeah, uh, watch on wrestling I'm talking about. Uh, there is a, a character who is like, we will meet again and fight, and then just dives into the water. And androids and te- androids of Terra, like <laughs> right. he should come back. Revenge <laughs> I've been waiting <laughs> for you all these years, Doctor. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Finally. Big Finish hasn't jumped on that, or it didn't jump on that because I mean, the actor. I don't know if he's still around, but he was a like he's he lived a pretty long life, so. Hmm. He could have come back, and he—that wasn't his first. I mean, we, yeah, I've seen two uh, stories with you with that actor, like in the same month. And that one was an actor, right? Actor, yeah. Hmm. I'm just trying to think. I do not ever want to see Tim Shaw ever again. <laughs> oh, he was useless. Oh, no. I mean, the one actual monster they had this past season, and he was yeah. just stupid. Yeah, he was lame. Yeah, just we saw him two times too many. Just right, dumb. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> lost his bite also in the final. You know, it was just horrible. Wow. I know. 
Wow. <laughs> this isn't really another monster, wow. but I'd like to see him go back to uh, the land of fiction. I think that'd be fun. Because that's one of my favorite serials, the the Mind Robber. Oh, I know. The one with the metal keypaws. It's awesome. You know, the yarmulkes. It's just awesome. And that was just, that, that was a mess. casting Jamie for an episode. That's amazing. <laughs> Do you think that, that part of it, part of what was happening this season, was that it was a very earthbound season? And that, that, that made it harder for the writers to figure out how to use the monsters? Mm-hmm. Hmm, maybe I think it was I think it seemed earthbound only because it was so heavy on historicals, which is not something we've had in quite a long time. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, not counting uh, the New Year's Day special, you've got 10 episodes and kind of half of them were almost half of them were historicals. And that's very, very unusual, especially for the new series. So I, I, maybe they just felt like, I don't know, they they had to find some way to have a monster another not sure. another sort of shift uh with new who anyway from uh, regarding the monsters has been one of the things that new who in particular moffat uh really instilled was to take something ordinary something every day yeah. and make it terrifying um yeah. i mean before mm-hmm. moffat though that even that first uh, the autons bringing them back kind of does that you know um, and then of right. course, you know, Moffat has a bunch of most notably blank, of course. Uh, but you know, so, then some of, some of that was more successful than others, but that doesn't yeah. seem to be the case of, uh, of this new era, this new run that we're in with Chibnall. I mean, I, I think that definitely was a Moffat thing. It wasn't, you know, I think that was, it was just like, you know, Robert Holmes did kind of the same thing back in the seventies. It's just kind of how they tune into the otherworldliness of, you know, the things that make Dr. Who. So, yeah, I do think that that was because even the ones that happened in the Russell T Davies era were ones that were written by Moffat. I think the only one that he did that I really wasn't a big fan of that I didn't think was terribly successful was when he tried. And it was a great idea trying to make Wi-Fi monsters, but I just didn't think that, Bells of St. John was a terribly mm. successful episode. No, yeah. I was just looking um, the first series of like the well, of the new new Doctor Who, the the ninth Doctor. Uh, most of those are Earthbound too, and I don't think that caused much of a problem. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was heavily Earth, mostly so they could reuse mm-hmm. settings and to keep the cost mm. down. Makes sense. Because they yeah. what they used that space station what four times, so yeah. right there you know there's one set they just used over and over again. Oh, it's it's a thousand years later, you know that type of thing. But but mm-hmm. it's the same place. And, yeah, exactly. So yeah, but you know I hope we never ever see you know those farting monsters ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. William was perfect at that age because he wanted to keep on watching that. Oh, they're back on Sarah Jane, Dad. Oh. Like, what yeah. about the Absorbaloff? Uh, no. No. Never. No. It's funny, though, when we were talking about monsters, you know, that could or should come back, we only really talked about classic mm. monsters. And particularly classic ones that have had a strong new series presence. What about 
uh, monsters that originated in the new series. I would love to see another really good food episode. Mm, I would too. I would also. I would also like uh, to see a really yes, good angel one. story because they wussed them down big time towards the end. Uh, I don't remember what they're called, but the the ones from uh, they're like the two D monsters. The uh, one from the Dream. Oh, yeah. from Flatline. Oh, Flatline. Oh, yeah, that was superb. Yeah, that was man. Great I love that episode. Yeah. I'd like to see more of those. And I, I say this every time one of his episodes get brought up, but Jamie Matheson gets my vote for next showrunner. Right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Can, can we have friends now? again? Uh, Aw. Yeah. They're BFFs. Yay! It, 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 you know, when we cut each other off, it never <laughs> takes long before we come running back to each oh, other. Man. I watched, uh, like, after the newest season of of uh, Doctor Who ended, I watched Frequently Asked Questions about time travel, which is written by Jamie Matheson. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, what could have been? What could have been? Right. (laughs) He's such a great guy. Such a good writer. And it's funny because any fault I have with this last season of Doctor Who, I do not blame it on the Doctor herself at all. No. Oh no no no! Oh I, no I no no! Judy. She was great. I she think she is phenomenal. I think that's true of any of the eras, really. Yeah. I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, totally there's there's times where you know we've watched some classic Who stuff, and I I must admit sometimes I just have to you know grin and bear it, but I, I don't fault the actors because they're all um like pretty amazing. I I don't know if you've seen this this thing that's been going around on Facebook for the last three or so weeks it's a thing where you can like use pictures to do rankings of you know your favorite whatevers so you know your favorite bowie albums or your favorite whatevers you know and you use like the album cover art to like rank them in five different tiers basically tier maker that's what it's called and so if i were making a doing a tier maker to you know rank my favorite doctors it would basically be five tiers the top tier would have 13 pictures across the top and there would be anything in the other ones. Cause I, I think every doctor has been, Oh, well, you're cutting out the war. Doctor every doctor there. has been you're perfect. Cutting out. You're cutting I'm out the war now. doctor there. Yeah, but he doesn't have his own episodes. He's not the doctor. He's not the star of the show. He's a guest star. So there you he go. He does have some we big have, finish. We have though. 13. <laughs> okay, that's true. But, but we haven't been, about, we haven't been included what about Peter Cushing? in this, though. Peter Cushing doesn't <laughs> count. No, no, he doesn't. What about, uh, oh, what's his face? Richard E. Grant. Nope. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Nor does Joanne Lumley, so just stop it right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going just gonna to cut that head off before it even gears up again. <laughs> What about Tim? Oh two? gosh! <laughs> no, oh, that was the dumbest idea. Sure oh I, my have god! You read the the the, the writers' tale book the, the by RTD, and yeah. it's like there's a point yeah. in that book where he's like, "Oh no, I've messed up. This is a bad idea." <laughs> and the guy that, that he's been corresponding with is like, "No, I think it actually really works, and it's like symbolic of this, and it's really great." And I'm like. Dude, you talked him back into that terrible plot. <laughs> oh boy! Okay, we're losing it on this one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we lost topic. topic. I think after I said hello yeah. to the everybody. 
Okay, but so new series monsters that new series monsters that could or should come back. We've got the Ood and the Angels, and we have the um, the Jadoon coming back yes. in the coming I, season. I don't know. That they're yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not terrifying, but I, I do like them, and I miss them. So yeah, as long as we don't get Cassandra yeah. with it, it's okay. Yeah, well, yeah, right. We don't... Agreed. <laughs> Moisturize me. me. Yeah. What, what the monsters called in Flatland? No. That's bugging me now. Um, well, the doctor oh. named them the boneless. The boneless. That was it. Yes. We never found out what they're actually called or they anything like that. But he. Yeah, they probably didn't call themselves. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like in Galaxy Four, uh, she just called them Chumblies, and then everybody was like, "Yeah, they're Chumblies." So right. Right. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's funny how those things catch on. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, we want to hear from you guys at home. Please definitely, you know, what monsters would you like to see come back? Would you want to see, you know, does Doctor every single story need like alien monsters or such in the stories? You know, please let us know. Write us at eswpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Let's thank everyone for being here this evening and taking part in the interesting discussions alan thank you so so much thank you very much for having me i appreciate it and before we go any further i want to thank you for everything through hulanta and earlier time gate it was just awesome for you including us in the in the shows and giving us chance to do panels and interviews and just participate thank you so much i appreciate that it means a ton to us and from myself mike and mary it it was awesome, and we felt like we all grew together, and it was just awesome. Cool. I'm glad to hear that. And anytime, anywhere, you have us, where, if okay. you need us. Thanks. And, of course, Joe, thank you so much. That's all I get? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being part of the network, Joe. We couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> No problem. We you and Tony do such great work week after week. <laughs> exactly. Thanks Is that God finally, here. the recognition I deserve? <laughs> Thanks for having me on. It's always, it's always fun to hang out with you guys. Should, should we just call you the linchpin of the ESO network? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Okay. Thank you so, so much. You want to promote the podcast real quick? Oh, yeah. Uh, if you like my rambling, uh, you can hear me ramble and my wife ramble on the Watchathon of Rassilon, which is also a part of the ESO network. Yay! So check that out. It is awesome. Alan's on Ooh. it sometimes. Mike yes, Gordon's I am. on it. <laughs> yes, I am. I love always it. Always a good time. Always fun. Yeah, my, my invite gets always lost in the mail. That's okay. okay. <laughs> I invited you to the group. You can be on whatever you want to be on, uh-huh. except some of them. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Except the ones that I'm on because I haven't written my guest contract yet. Yeah, and you get all the green M&Ms. Ooh, okay. Fine. I, you know, we're going to have to discuss what I just said about you earlier. <laughs> right, let's thank our regulars, of course. Mary, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you. This was a really great discussion. Though I think now, now that I think about it, we were I don't not sure it was about monsters at all. I think we were just all arguing to have better writing <laughs> all around. And I see no problem at all with that. 
No, definitely. Do you want to promote your website? You you can find my artwork at mariogle.com or on Etsy under eVision Arts. And Mike Gordon. As always, it's my pleasure. Yes, we're arguing for more better writing, less Graham. <laughs> I can't argue with that at all. You're alone in the less Graham thing. I, I, I'm a fan of Graham. I'm a fan of Graham too, but it, like he just sort of eclipsed a lot of the, the show. Yeah. He sometimes got things that should have went to other people, I feel like. Nope, totally Especially agree. in the... Uh, Punjab one because yes. like that should have went to Yaz, not him. Yeah. You know, that that episode was supposed to be specifically about Yaz and her family, and Graham jumped in. You know. I didn't I didn't mean to make this yeah. thing, so <laughs> we've, already, we've already beat this, this Graham horse into it. We're just getting a jump on next week's episode. <laughs> and speaking of next week's episode, it's the, the all Graham episode. <laughs> You know, I'm here for that. It's called a love affair to Grant. No, just kidding. So <laughs> no, we are Graham. actually going back to the third doctor era next week. And we are going to be looking at the Silurians. So it should be a lot of fun. And it'd be cool to finally have an episode that Mike can watch on BritBox. So it's awesome. <laughs> And, I've seen plenty of on bikes. It just was last time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's going to be cool to see, you know, the doctor exploring and it's the first appearance of the Solarians and man, do they look different than, you know, Madame Vastra. So it's awesome. <laughs> Getting my hopes up. <laughs> exactly. She's, She's involved, evolved. more evolved of a creature. So it should be fun. Can't wait to talk to everybody. Then we will see you next time here on the Earth station who podcast peace. And we're done. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.